Listen, I was in Nashville celebrating Kelsey's 30th birthday. Hey, Kelsey. And I was drunkenly walking, um, and uh, we were just, like, holding hands, dancing down the sidewalk, and there's a chain-link fence up on this rock wall, and I'm just, like, walking, 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 and all of a sudden I, like, bump up against it and thinking nothing hand just drenched in blood oh my god like i just sliced it open you from did like my thumb to my pointer finger and i was just like <laughs> kept going that's what you gotta do you just gotta yeah, keep, just going. keep going you can't run the keep party going. no don't run happy late birthday kelsey yeah we love you so much this is the witch's magic murder mystery podcast and i'm kara and i'm megan hey guys hey 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 so i have an episode <laughs> okay i got a story you guys okay this it might be a longer episode than we usually do. We'll have to see. If it, yeah. if it turns out to be crazy long, we'll probably like cut it in half, but we'll post them both. So you're not going to have to wait next week or anything. Yeah. But, you know, but I just to um, get a double dose of Megan's episode. Yeah. I don't It'll want you great. to be like overwhelmed by you're like, I can't listen episode. to this all. It's only <laughs> one lunch break. It is just, it is a, st- I mean, it's insane. Okay. Okay. I texted Kara last night. I was like, oh my God. She's like, get ready. <laughs> Okay. I was like, oh gosh. It's a murder story. We're going to go back to June 22nd, 22nd, 1979. Okay. I was not in the world yet. Same. Again, should have looked up how to say her last name. It's one of those things where I have it, I say it in my head a certain way and it never occurs to me until later that maybe that's That it's wrong. getting ready to come out of my mouth mm-hmm. a different way. Just for you guys. Mm-hmm. We love you all so much. Susan Reinert yeah, sure. is a 36-year-old English teacher at Upper Marion High School in Philadelphia. Oh. She was a single mom, divorced, but, like, apparently it wasn't an ugly relationship with her ex-husband or anything. Her two kids were Karen, who's 11, and her 10-year-old son, Michael. Okay, pause. Do you ever, like, wonder... I've never heard of a child named Karen. I just meet adults named Karen. Mm -hmm. Like, do you just wonder... I think about this thing all the time. into a Karen, or... So, my sister-in-law's name is Karen. Uh So, it's easy for me. I've seen pictures of her as a child. I can picture it. Yeah. But I do think about that with, like... Susan, Karen, like those are yes. both names that I'm just and like, like my granny's name was Vera, which now I'm like, God, I would my like granny, to have a little yeah. girl named Vera. Mine was Marion. Oh, that's my mom's yeah. name. My mom is always like Marion's a man's name. No, Marian can't wait Ka- to tell her that there's another one. Marion Carol. Oh, that's yep. So yeah, I do think about that, and I also think of names like that I can't picture as old ladies, like Lindsay. The the name Phyllis. Lindsay specifically, yeah. I'm like, how is how is a Lindsay ever going to be an old lady? Well, I mean, like Willow. No, Willow sounds I like she is an old soul anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyways, tangent of Susan, mm-hmm. the teacher, she had gotten divorced because she'd been having an affair with a guy named William Bradfield. He was also a teacher, head of the English department at the high school where she worked. Okay. William and Susan had been lovers for about lovers, lovers. for about three years. And once yeah. her divorce was final, Susan and William got engaged. But at his insistence, they kept the engagement a secret. So no one knew it yet, but Susan was planning to marry William later that summer during a trip to England. Okay. We'll talk more about William. Okay. On June 23rd, (laughs) so like the next day, Susan is supposed to give a speech to the Allentown chapter of Parents Without Partners, which is about 50 miles north of her home. And her kids are going to go with her for like a little weekend getaway. And then she's supposed to take like Michael, I think, is going to a camp. And then Karen is supposed to go spend the next week with her dad or something like that. Um, So they all pile into Susan's orange Plymouth Horizon 
hatchback. Oh my gosh. Which is the most 70s sentence yes. I've ever said. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> Karen wore a small green pin with the letter P on her blouse, a souvenir from a class trip to the Philadelphia Museum of Art. Cute. And Michael had on a Phillies t-shirt. Yeah. I know. So cute. Susan, the next morning, did not show up for her speech. Oh. She and her two kids are never seen alive again. Oh my gosh. Four days later, a man spots an abandoned car. An orange Plymouth Horizon hatchback. Of course. In the parking lot of the Host Inn Hotel, which is about 87 miles from Allentown and 97 miles from Susan's home. Hmm. The car's hatch is open and he looks inside. Would you look inside if you were walking through a car, if walking through a parking lot? First off, how do you know it's abandoned? It's in a hotel parking lot. Right. But anyway, if you're walking through a parking lot and the trunk is just open. Yeah, I'm going to assume nothing good's happening. So I'm going to be... I don't think I'd look in it on edge and like maybe peripheral look in it but not like let me examine every item in this vehicle to remember right. to report to police like See, i just feel like i would notice yeah and wonder yeah and have weird thoughts because i'm yeah my brain exactly. is like that but then i don't think i would actually look no 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 i would i would write it off as like megan you're a crazy person yeah that's just somebody who forgot to shut the trunk exactly Anyway, there's a homeless person sleeping inside that. Inside the trunk, yeah. the man discovered the dead, naked body of Susan Reiner. Oh, my gosh. She was lying in a fetal position in the wheel well of the car. There were scrapes and bruises on her arms, knees, behind her back, and on her ankle. I'm sorry, behind her neck and on her ankle. Ooh. There was dried blood in her mouth and nose. Oh, my gosh. Her right eye had discolored bruises around it, and there were bruises on the buttocks in between her shoulder blades. Oh. Someone beat the hell out of her. Yeah. Her clothes, purse, and keys were all missing, and her children were no about nowhere to be found. Oh, gosh. But at this point, no one even knows that there were children to be found. Right. You yeah, know, yeah. like this guy who finds it, he doesn't know. You he know. didn't know she has kids. Yeah. So an investigator shows up when there's a discovery of the body. I think he showed up two hours later. And he said that it seemed like the killer had purposefully wanted to call attention to the body. And oh, I mean, leaving the hatch open. yeah, why would you leave the hatch? But why would yeah. you do that? Especially as I get into the story and like whoever killed her, why Yeah, wouldn't they have wanted to conceal the body for as long as they could? Yeah. It's weird. An autopsy later determined that the cause of death was a lethal dose of morphine. Oh, some other notes from the autopsy. There was a white sticky substance stuck to her mouth, hair, and nose, which was probably tape. Mm -hmm. And based on lividity, which is where the blood settles, right. you know, after the body, in the body after death, it seemed like she died about 24 to 36 hours after her beating. Ooh, because the yeah. bruising. The bruises on her back looked like marks from the links of a chain. Oh my God. It's horrible. And then to think that it took another day to a day and a half to die. Oh, no. Her ex-husband, Ken Reinhardt, had come to identify the body. And after he identified her, he asked about the kids. And it's that is the first point that the police even realized, like, oh, oh God, there's kids. kids. Yeah. yeah. Let's circle back to Susan's secret fiancé, William Bradford. I'm not going to be able to hide <laughs> my just disgust yeah. for this human being. Okay. So, spoiler alert. He's a douche. Man. When rumors started about a romantic relationship between William and Susan, he publicly denied them. He said that he and Susan were friends and colleagues, but nothing more. Here's why we know that's not true. Yeah. They were definitely more than friends. Susan changed the beneficiary on her life insurance policies. She removed her brother and her children and put William as the sole what? beneficiary. Yeah. Like, why on earth did no, you take no, your no. kids off yeah, of that? Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, if you're going to get married, 
You still put, give it to your kids. Yeah. She what? also got an additional life insurance policy and put William Bradfield, my intended husband, <gasps> as a sole beneficiary to that one, too. No, thank you. So let's do a quick inventory of Susan's life insurance policies. She had $30,000 that she purchased in 1977. So that's two years before this. Mm -hmm. $100,000 in April of 1979, which would have been two months before she disappeared. And $450,000 more that same month. What? And then she bought a new policy of $150,000 the day before she disappeared. So with all of these policies, William Bradfield would now get seven hundred and thirty thousand dollars if susan dies what i want to talk about this life insurance for a second because i was like is this a 70s thing like i had to stop for a minute and be like do i even have life insurance yeah but i do because my husband is like an actual responsible adult who thinks of these things yeah and i remember getting like a physical shortly after we got married yeah but i don't even know anything else like i don't know who it's through i don't know how much it's for i don't know anything yeah it's literally something I never think about. Yeah. So the idea that Susan is dating this guy and for some reason it becomes a priority to make him her sole beneficiary, like over her children. Right. It's just so weird. That it's just so out of the realm of anything I'd ever think to do. So I don't know. Right. I was just like, is this a 70s thing? Was insurance new then? Like, yeah. Like, and they're just real excited about it. Like, well, yeah. let's just keep and she didn't buying have life policies. insurance policies on the kids. Uh, No, not that I know of. Those were never mentioned. It was all hers okay in my head the only way this would have happened is if william had asked her to do it but right. i don't know that that ever happened Just, right i've decided that that's what happened yeah that's my own editorial and the comment. one was 1977 then they the bigger one started in 79, in 79. okay yeah so here's some more weird information fun at the time that susan was doing all this getting extra life insurance becoming secretly engaged and calling william bradfield her intended husband mm -hmm. william was living with susan myers Another teacher at oh. Upper Marion High School. Oh. Mm -hmm. And this wasn't a secret. Everyone knew. Susan Reinhart knew. What? what? I believe that that was his explanation as to why it had to be a secret. So there's, listen, guys, as I already said, this ep this is going to be a long episode anyway. And so there's so much I didn't go into with that whole dynamic. Yeah. But like Susan Myers and Susan Reinhart obviously didn't like each other. Yes. And the whole time, William Bradford is telling Susan Reinhart the Susan Myers is crazy, so he can't just, like, break up with her and move out. He's got to play it cool. Right. And he's trying this whole time to set, like, get her to go off with this other dude named Chris, who I'm not even going to tell you about because it's too ridiculous. But, like, just know that William Bradford is behind, Bradfield is behind the scenes trying to orchestrate what? this whole thing. on earth? Yeah. And now, because that's not enough, aside from Susan Reinert and Susan Myers, he's also dating Two other women, one of whom was a former student named Wendy Zeigler. My gosh. There was also at least one article that said he was actually married, but like didn't have any relationship with the woman he was married to. But I only found that mention once, so I'm not going to. This point is, is a mess. He sucks. Like he's yeah. just terrible. So, okay. <laughs> While all this is happening. Yes. On top of the life insurance policies, Susan Reinert withdrew $25,000 from her savings account so that William could invest the money for the two of them. Just give me $20,000, baby. I'll take I'll take care of it. Sounds amazing. I'm a man. I'm a man. I know how, how to, to do money. money. You, don't, you don't. You don't know. I know how to handle all the monies. In this case, we do know, like, he specifically asked her to do that. Yeah. And she did because, for reasons I cannot explain, she trusted him 
Okay. Clearly. And what did because he do? He's a man. What did he? Yeah. He's a man. He knows more about money than I do. What did he look like? Did he have a body of a god? Like, <laughs> you know, I didn't even look him up because I was just so like, I hate him. Yeah. I think later in here, I just specifically was just like, I hate him. I hate <laughs> him so much. Okay. So what did William do with that $25,000? He didn't invest it, I'm assuming. Oh, well, Kara. Jesus. Why would you say why that? Would I that? <laughs> you don't, you don't think he's a good guy? No. But he told her he was going to invest it, Kara. But he loved all of them. <laughs> he gave it to Wendy. <laughs> The former student turned girlfriend. What? And what? had her put it in a safety deposit box under her name. So she did. Huh. Mm-hmm. What's Wendy going to do with all these monies? Bail him out of jail and <laughs> kill somebody? Oh, my God. When Susan and her children disappeared, Bradfield was spending the weekend at the beach in Cape May, New Jersey. He wasn't alone there. He was with a group of men and women. And according to the rumors, it was a swingers party. Oh. Apparently, it was well known that there was a group of upper Marion teachers who engaged in swinging sex parties. Hmm. And so, but <laughs> what was this school? <laughs> what? Who are these people? Who? How did they all end up at the same place? Who are um, you? I feel... Like, it's possible that the swinging sex party thing was just an exaggerated take on how William Bradford was dating multiple women yeah. who worked at the school. And it okay. turned into, they're just a bunch of sex-crazed teachers. Yeah. And he's what really, saying, it's just that William everybody Bradford. Everybody wants to sleep with me. Bradfield. Everybody wants to sleep with me. Anytime I say Bradford, guys, just Bradfield. know I mean Bradfield, okay? Yeah. We're just apparently, I even typed it as Bradford right here. <laughs> <laughs> Professional <laughs> podcast store. That's what we do, guys. So while we're talking about the school, I want to bring up someone else who worked at the school. Oh, my gosh. His name was J.C. Smith. He was an Army veteran and the principal at Upper Marion High School from 1966 until 1978. So he left a year before Susan Reinard disappeared. Okay. We're going to take a little detour into J.C. Smith's personal life. But you're going to be interested. I promise. I'm loving this. (sighs) So many many pages. Deep breath. Okay. In 1976, three years before Susan's disappearance, Mm -hmm. um, the principal's 24-year-old daughter, Stephanie, and her husband, Edward Hunsberger, moved in with him. Stephanie and Edward were both heroin addicts, and they were moving in with her dad in the hopes of a fresh start. Edward was on probation for armed robbery, and this required him to stay in contact with his probation officer and attend a drug treatment program. And then he and Stephanie were both enrolled in the same methadone clinic. On February 25th, 1978, Edward and Stephanie went to visit Edward's parents. They lived in the same area as J.C. Smith. When they left, Edward told his parents they'd be back later, but they never came back. And then a few weeks go by, and they still haven't heard from him. And so Edward's parents contacted J.C. Smith to see if he knew where they were. And Jay said, well, they went off to California because they owe a local drug dealer a lot of money. So they basically ran away to avoid the problem. Great. He said they'd left so quickly that they hadn't even taken any of their personal stuff with him. Hmm. What? Is it this questionable? It is questionable. <laughs> Stephanie's counselor at the methadone clinic also contacted Jay because she didn't show up for her treatment. And because Jay is terrible at this, he has a totally different story for the counselor. Oh, okay. To her, he said that Stephanie and Edward had gotten their hands on Placidil, which is a really strong sedative, as well as some really good pot. And so now they've gone into seclusion to detox by themselves. Because that's the healthy thing to do. It's a lot of details. He has a lot of details. He really does. J.C. Smith cashed both Stephanie and Eddie's welfare checks after their disappearance for six months, forging their signatures. And to this day, Stephanie and Edward 
are still missing. They've never been found. We haven't, like, searched basements or anything. Okay. On August 19th, 1978, police officers responded to a 911 call reporting suspicious activity at the Gateway Shopping Center in Chester County. When they got there, they found J.C. Smith. Ah, uh, good old principal. In his car in the parking lot. And when they searched his car, they found several loaded handguns, a hooded mask, a bunch of burglary tools. Smith explained that he carried... Well, I mean, why is this principal moonlight as a burglar? (laughs) I don't know. What? Smith said he carried the guns to scare off people who were harassing him. Who? His kid's drug dealers? I don't know. People also found a syringe filled with morphine, Mm. which, if you recall, was determined to be the cause of Susan Reinert's death. Yes. Jay claimed, well, my daughter and son-in-law are heroin addicts and they must have put the drugs in my car without me knowing it. Of course, but they've been missing for six months, bud. Mm-hmm. The cops were smarter than J.C. Smith, so they got a warrant to search his house. They didn't Good. believe this whole thing. And here's what they found. More firearms. Oh. Three pounds of marijuana. Oh. A whole bunch of prescription pills. Okay. Security guard uniforms and badges. Wow. And a massive cachet of porn, much of it dealing with bestiality. And again, I say, what was this school? What? Who were these people? Are y'all doing for a living out there? Good Lord. If you went to Upper Marion High School, um, uh, message us immediately. Immediately. ASAP. <laughs> we need to know. Are you okay? We need to know of all the happenings. Uh, can you imagine, though, the parents of the children at the school had to have been like, what? What? Police arrested Smith for possession of drugs with intent to deliver and for possession of stolen property. But wait, there's more. Okay. Oh, I think I forgot to say. They also found four gallons of nitric acid and some office equipment, all of which had been reported stolen from the high school. So that's what the stolen property yes. charge is for. Um, so what? there were t- two unsolved armed robberies from earlier in the year. In both of the cases, the robber had arrived wearing a security guard uniform. Oh, my God. And pretended to be there to get the day's receipts. They they were both like retail stores. Oh. As you've probably already guessed, J.C. Smith matched the description of the robber. Mm -hmm. And the uniforms found in his house matched the description of what the robber had been wearing. I'm sorry. He hasn't gone to trial yet, Kara. Okay. 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 Yep, I'll let it slide. I'll let this slide. <laughs> so Smith was also charged with armed robbery. Cheese op At that point, Upper Marion High School fires the principal, which is the first good thing I've read about the school. <laughs> I mean, good for them. So all of that happens. steps to yeah. themselves. All of that happens in 1978. Okay. Susan disappears in 1979. Okay. And right now we're sitting at 22 minutes and this is about halfway. So we're just going to keep going. We're just going to power on through this, guys. Thanks for sticking with us. Like (laughs) I said, (laughs) J.C. Smith was arrested, but he posted bail and he was still out of jail awaiting his trial on the day that Susan Reinert disappeared. Okay. Remember how I said he Did he get his car back? I I don't believe so. Okay. But I I don't think it said. He can get a car back. You know, he was an army veteran. Yep. A plastic comb bearing the name of Smith's Army Reserve Unit was also found in the trunk of Susan's car. Oh. Smith's trial for the armed robbery charges actually began the same day that Susan's body was discovered. Oh. And here's another detail that you'll be interested in. Mm -hmm. William Bradfield, Susan's lover, lover, uh, at least as far as she knew, Mm -hmm. testified in Smith's defense (gasps) in the armed robbery cases. He tried to provide an alibi for the robbery. Ooh. But William Bradfield sucks at everything, so of course the jury didn't believe him. Yep. Um, Smith was convicted on all charges, 
So the possession of stolen materials, the possession of drugs with intent to distribute, and the armed robbery charges, and was sentenced to five years in prison. Hmm. Kara. Yes, Megan. I have been seeing all over TikTok these hair straighteners. Ever since I got my hair cut, I still feel like I'm learning how to do my hair all mm-hmm. over again. Let me tell you, I have found one that works really well. It's um, from Tymo, uh-huh. T-Y. M-O. Yes. And it is the company for getting the best type of straightener for everything your hair could possibly need. It's all over social media right now with products from $59.99 to top of the line straighteners. Each of their products are built to last and have so many options for whatever your hair needs are. So Karen and I received a couple of the products. Oh we gosh. got a so straightener and a blow dryer. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the straightener because that's the one that I have used. It has a cordless design, which makes it so right. handy. You traveled with it. Yes. So it's great for getting a good hair reset on the go because it's so portable and convenient. It's called the Porta. It has this 3D comb design, which is enhanced by cutting edge MCH anionic technology. So you brush it through your hair, it straightens as it goes, and it pushes against this ceramic plate that gives a frictionless glide that promises to curb frizz by 50%. And I've totally seen that because my hair gets frizzy and this just really smooths it out. I really loved it. Okay. So I got the air hype. I'm obsessed with it. I have just like naturally curly wavy hair so it was a huge game changer for me it dries your hair in half the normal time and it keeps your hair safe and shiny which i noticed immediately mm-hmm. i didn't even need to straighten it afterwards and usually i do because usually i have all those wild like curls left over yeah. the wind power on this thing is intense it's wild like i turned it up i was like let's play with these buttons okay so it has three magnetic styling attachments they're all amazing you know how some blow dryers you get are like if you go to a hotel and there's a diffuser and you're like oh my gosh this is like tearing my hair to pieces and it's gonna be so tangled not with this one and it's magnetic so it's great so right now you guys our listeners can get 30 percent off their first order at timobeauty.com t-y-m-o beauty.com using the code WMM30. So that's just two M's. You guys know our codes usually have three. So just keep that in mind. So with so many great products to choose from, now's the time to upgrade your styling and curling kit. So go to tymobeauty.com and use the code WMM30 for 30% off your first purchase. Goodbye. Goodbye. Menopausal and perimenopausal women, listen up. It's time to take control of your health and comfort and Winona is here to help. Winona is a telemedicine company for menopause care who believes that your symptoms are real, important, and deserve to be taken seriously. And for many women, this starts with hormone replacement therapy. Winona's HRT is made with plant-based, bioidentical hormones rather than synthetic ones, so it better aligns with your body to offer relief from hot flashes, weight gain, and other uncomfortable symptoms. 80% of women who use Winona find relief within just 90 days. So what are you waiting for? Get started today. Visit buywinona.com today to start your free visit. With free shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time, your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use code SPRING24 at buywinona.com for 25% off your first treatment plan. That's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A.com for 25% off. Winona, menopause care made easy. The rumor mill goes nuts. There are rumors about the swinging sex parties involving several of the teachers. There are rumors about devil worshiping. There are rumors that J.C. Smith. There's rumors I mean, there's about always, devil. There's got to be a Satan reference. As um, long as there's sex involved, there's <laughs> the devil involved as well. <laughs> there are rumors that J.C. Smith is somehow involved in the disappearance of Susan Reinert and her children, saying that he had burned their bodies in the school incinerator, while oh others God. said he had dismembered the bodies and buried the pieces on the school grounds. Um, remember Stephanie, his missing daughter. And her husband, Edward. Yes. There were rumors 
there too. Obviously, one rumor is that Jay killed them. Right. But another rumor is that they weren't dead at all, but they were still alive, and they had Susan Reinert's children. Oh, my God. Yes. I can just imagine this town at this point must have been just like... Freaking out. Yeah. There's the murder. There's the missing children. There's this principal who's lost his mind. There's There's wild school. Swinging sex parties. If that... If there are. But even if they're not true, they're still talking about it like it's true. Um, okay, so Smith wrote his former colleagues from jail, denying the rumors and asking for money. <laughs> I'm innocent. Send me money. Guys, I need money. And then Bradfield. I need those Cheetos from the <laughs> commissary. And then Bradfield, who was spending the summer in New Mexico with another girlfriend. And that's where I remember. Not one that's like, listed. I hate this guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not- no, a different one. Oh, where do you find this one? I don't know. I don't, I don't even bother. I was just like, <sighs> I don't care who she is. <sighs> He tried to cash in Reiner's insurance. Oh, did he? He did. Oh, he was hurt. I mean, he was just hurt. What a good guy. Just trying to move on. Maybe the money would make him feel better. Maybe money is going to make him happy. It must have been really sad. He must have been so hurt traveling with another woman, (laughs) knowing it's not Susan. That's probably why he laying in bed, just like thinking of her, Mm -hmm. looking up at the stars, just just (laughs) money, dollar signs in his eyes. This led to a legal battle, of course, where Reiner's brother, her former husband, and the insurance companies all fought Bradfield. Wow. Uh, Trial testimony showed that Bradfield had been telling his friends for months that he feared Smith would kill Reiner. Wow. And yet, none of these people could explain why they didn't tell Susan that William was saying these things or call the police or whatever. Yeah, they were a bit concerned. Can we help you a little bit? Remember what I said about his, he was already living with Susan Myers and he's, he's trying to orchestrate all this relationship stuff yeah. and like control other people's relationships throughout this whole thing. He's been saying for a long time. Yeah. I think JC Smith, he's crazy. He's, I think he's going to kill Susan. Like, why are you saying that? Yeah. Where's that coming from? Why are you getting wild? He's just crazy. This? Just like Susan Myers crazy. Yeah. Whoa. Which may not be true. Yeah. Mm. So <laughs> anyway, he is, even though what he's saying isn't true, it is true that he said it to multiple right. people. Right. And so if just one of them had said something, maybe we wouldn't even be here. Right. Exactly. And Susan would be an old lady and Michael and Karen would be out there living and this Their is best so life. stupid. Yeah. Okay. So at this point, the police have two main suspects in Susan's murder. Okay. There's William Bradfield, for all the reasons we discussed. Yes. He's just a, trash. He's, just a he's not like garbage. a trash witch. A heaping pile of garbage. A literal walking, talking, breathing piece of garbage. Yes. And then there's J.C. Smith. And I guess he's a suspect because he'd worked with Susan and had been caught with more in his possession. And it's just the rumors. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you find out that the principal's home was in Yes, home. yes, yes. And then also the principal is like an armed robber yeah. and worked there at the same time. And then a teacher goes missing from that yeah. school. I can see how people make that. Yeah. Police thought the two men could have worked together or they could have worked individually. But to me, it only makes sense that. They work together. They were in this together, yeah. Because I can't figure out why Jay would have done it. Yeah, he's testifying on his behalf. Yeah. For stuff, too. And I, I get the motive for William. It's the life insurance money. Yeah. But for Jay, what? Unless William's going to pay him. Right. Oh, um, yeah. Like, he's a principal, but a side hustle is armed robbery and yeah. murder for hire. Murder for, yeah. What was the school? Who are these people? That's, like, my favorite sentence. I just yeah, kept like, being like, what is happening? Yeah. Like, is this school still I'm going sure. on? It is, because uh, there was one article that interviewed a teacher who... Oh, still there. Yeah. So the investigation to Susan's murder continued for four years. They decided that the Reinhardt children must have also been murdered as well, since no one's ever mm-hmm. found their bodies. And I, this, I thought, was so weird. Like, why was Susan's body left 
in the garden, but not theirs. Yeah. And left in a way that they wanted that one to be found, but then yeah, their bodies aren't yeah. wanted to be. They're hidden so well that no one's ever found yeah. them. Yeah. And also, this guy's really sloppy. Like, why haven't they been able to find the kids? Like, he can't keep his lies straight. Yeah. Well, we can talk about that more at the end. Okay. But I just can't even decide if J.C. Smith was actually involved in that. Okay. But you'll find out more here in a minute. I just keep thinking, again, I don't think the children are alive. Like, I do think they were murdered. But it's just so weird to me that they must have been murdered and discarded in such yeah. a different way but yeah. maybe it's because they're children like right. killing an adult and killing a children are very yeah they were a little more guilty so maybe yeah feeling guilty or whatever. they wanted to hide it okay so remember the twenty five thousand dollars that susan gave william and william yes. gave wendy yep the police investigation found out about the safety deposit box and they arrested her and charged her with theft and receiving stolen <gasps> property oh mm-hmm. wendy agreed to testify against william in a plea deal okay so, now we are at April 6th, 1983. Okay. Police officers arrested William and charged him with three counts of murder and three counts oh of conspiracy gosh. to commit murder. So, even though they didn't have the bodies, have the they went ahead and charged him. Okay. Yeah. He went to trial and was convicted on all counts on October 28th, 1983 and sentenced to three consecutive life sentences. Oh. And I just said again that I think that's so crazy because they were yeah. the body. And you yeah. always hear how they won't, you know. They need, yeah. They to this day, evidence. Karen and Michael's bodies have never been found. My gosh. So June 25th, 1985, which is two years uh-huh. after William was, was sentenced. Okay. Police officer arrest Smith. Jason now, he's Smith. already in prison. Yeah. J.C. Smith is still in prison at this point anyway. Mm-hmm. But they arrest him and charge him with three counts of murder. The story is it took longer to arrest him because police just kept looking for more evidence, including testimonies from jailhouse snitches. Oh. Um, so Smith went on trial for the murders. And one thing that came up during the trial, one of the witnesses testified that a green pin. Remember how Karen was wearing that yeah, pin with yeah. the P on it? From the museum or whatever. They said that was found in Smith's car a year after the murder. Oh. During the time when the principal was already in prison. On August 2nd, 1985, J.C. Smith was convicted on all three counts of murder and sentenced to death. Hmm. So like, I don't, I don't like the jailhouse snitch thing. Not that I don't, I don't want to stitches. I don't want to defend JC Smith ever. Like he's a horrible person. And it certainly looks like at the very least, he was somehow involved in the disappearance of his own daughter. Right. And her husband. Yeah. I don't want to defend him. Yeah. But when I first read through all this, I just remember thinking like, it's so strange that William Bradfield was arrested and convicted in 1983, but it took two more years to charge Jay. Yeah. And he wasn't charged with conspiracy. And I don't know why. Yeah. Because the idea is that they work together. Yeah. yeah. Um, and during William's trial, the conspiracy charges alluded to Jay. So right. like, that was already part of the conversation. Yeah. And if William was convicted of to it. To get evidence built up. Right. And beyond all I mean, that. It could, it could be. I mean, it's possible. I get I mean. Like I already said, I don't get what Jay's motive, motive would have been. Yeah. Unless he really, really needed money and William was going to pay him. Yeah. And he was. Honestly, remember when he first got arrested? Policies. You're right. Yeah. And he has $730,000. Yeah. But remember when he, Jay first went to jail, he was calling his callings and asking for money. So I guess he yeah. really did need money. Yeah. So maybe. But here's where things get bizarre. Because they haven't yet. <laughs> right. Because nothing's been weird at all. <laughs> here's something that doesn't seem related. And I know Kara and I go on tangents, but this is not a tangent. This is this actually is factual evidence. A thing. Okay. Okay. 
You know when there's like a high profile crime and people write books about it and they make movies or whatever. Yeah. Okay, you can't publish any of that stuff until there's a conviction. Right. If the uh, case is still open, you can't. So much legal trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For obvious reasons. There have been several books written about this case. And there's one author who's a former LAPD homicide detective. And he'd already written a lot of books. Um, some of them were true crime. Some of them were fiction. They were all based okay. on his experiences. And a lot of them were based in L.A. Okay. Which I'm sure are very interesting. Yes. His name is Joseph oh. Wamba. Oh, I'm sure that's true. Yeah. I'm sure that's right. I bet that is. So a accurate. lot of his books had been turned into movies or miniseries. Okay. So he was a successful, well-known name in the world of like, yeah, true crime. Yeah. Whatever. Entertainment. You know, like us. Like us, because <laughs> we're so. <laughs> uh, with that kind of success, he was able to sign tentative deals to publish a book and produce a miniseries about the Reinert murders. Oh. But first... J.C. Smith had to be convicted. Okay. Wambaugh had already done a whole lot of research, Mm -hmm. and his version of events hinged on Smith's involvement. Oh. There's a lot of money to be made here. Right. The advances Uh on the book and the miniseries and the royalties to be earned once both are completed. Yes. Wambaugh had interviewed the lead investigator on the Reinert case, State Trooper Jack Holtz, and from these interviews, Wambaugh learned, I mean, every time I say his name, I'm like, this can't be right. <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> um, no, we don't be sorry. No. Don't be sorry. Oh, don't sorry. Okay. Wambaugh had You're a trash bag as well. <laughs> Trooper Jack Holtz. And from those interviews, he learned that Trooper Holtz had evidence in his possession that proved that J.C. Smith did not murder <gasps> Susan Reinard and her children. What? But if that evidence had been introduced in court... Smith would be acquitted what? and then Wambaugh would not get his advances or his royalties. No. Jack Holtz earned $35,000 a year with the state police. But in 1987, the year after JC Smith was convicted of murder, Trooper Holtz bought a Porsche 944 and a resort home in Outer Banks, North Carolina. What? That same year, Trooper Holtz hired someone to clean out the attic and the basement of his home. These clean-out services, they, yeah, they go through everything. It's like, it's all yours. You can go through it. And they go through other people's trash because you might find something that's worth something and you sell it. it. Yeah. They have rights to it at that point. So this guy is cleaning out holes of stuff and he finds a box. And inside the box was a handwritten note from Joseph Wambaugh to Jack Holtz. (gasps) P.S. Since I should start the legwork, legwork immediately, we should be very careful about being seen together for the sake of your job. As far as witnesses would know, I receive all of my information from news stories and anonymous tips. <gasps> I mean, what sort of idiot is like, well, let me put this in writing. But yeah. wait, there's more. There's more. There's okay, okay. Remember the comb that uh-huh. was found in the hatchback, the one that connected Smith to where her body was found? Yes. A duplicate of that comb was in the box. <gasps> mm-hmm. Another note in the box indicated that Wambaugh had paid Holtz $50,000 to withhold any evidence that might point toward J.C. Smith's innocence. What? I mean, Holtz is a state trooper and Wambaugh is a former detective. There were also notes from a prison snitch indicating that William Bradfield, acting alone without J.C. Smith, had killed Susan Reiner. Hmm. So... Like I said, I don't like jailhouse snitch snor- stories. So yeah. that that one, even if it's not true, if it had been introduced in court, it could have changed everything. Right. It could have at least introduced yeah. reasonable doubt. Yes. So Wambaugh paid Holtz to make sure the jury never learned about any of that. Hmm. 
the clean-out service took the box and gave it to William, good Lord, Kostopoulos. Okay. Who had been Smith's lawyer. Uncle Jesse on Full House. (laughs) (laughs) He had been Smith's lawyer throughout all of his legal battles, which Uh I'm like, good Lord, that must have sucked, right? Yeah. Kostopoulos gets this information and files for an appeal, which was granted. And Smith was transferred from death row to the general population to await his new trial. Huh. While this is going on, Kostopoulos petitioned the state Supreme Court, arguing that a new trial would subject his client to double jeopardy. And the Supreme Court ruled in Smith's favor. Oh. Meaning there will be no new trial. Yeah. In September of 1992, J.C. Smith was released from prison a free man. Oh. Right. So, William Bradfield suffered a heart attack and died in prison in January of 1998. And J.C. Smith died in May of 1998. Oh. Both maintained their innocence until their deaths. What? One last thing. After William's death, a photograph was found in his cell. The photograph, which police say was developed in 1986, shows a stone marker that looks like a hooded figure. The stone is surrounded by fallen leaves with woods in the background. Police wonder if this photograph is showing where the Reinert children are buried. The photos have been released to the public and dozens of tips came in, but police have never been able to locate this spot. Oh. The photograph was found among dozens of boxes of Bradfield's belongings. They also included some writings that appeared to be in code. Hmm. The investigator on the case at the time of Bradfield's death, Trooper Brian Krauss, said there's at least one person who was never charged in the case that may have intimate knowledge of the Reinhardt slings. That person may know what happened to the children. He said, I would certainly say there's a possibility of a third person out there. A probability. I did not say names, but is it Wendy? I've wondered about Wendy. I've wondered about Susan Myers. I've wondered about Chris, the random guy who uh, William was trying to set Susan Myers up with. What if he gave her $25,000 to to keep 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 quiet? Yeah. But then why didn't she say that? Because she agreed to testify against him. Well, she knew she was already in trouble, so maybe she didn't want to open her mouth anymore because she knew she'd go to jail because she assisted in. Can you imagine living with that? Guilt secret your whole life. And she didn't even get the money out of it. I mean, this happened in 1979. It is 2021. Yeah. And this trooper is like, there's somebody out there who knows. Oh my gosh. And it really also, it really just seems like she was killed for the money. Yeah. Which is just horrible. Like, I keep thinking about how this is the man that she thought she was going to marry. Yeah. And how awful it must have been for her in those last moments. Yeah. To realize who he was. Like, he's going to kill her. Yeah. Um, Like, when the articles describe the condition of her body, to think that someone who had been yeah. her... <laughs> I just can't believe... They had a relationship for three years. Yeah. So, uh, to think that they could do that to her, yeah. it's just so awful. The prosecutor in the case said that Susan was almost pathologically foolish. And I hate that. Yeah. But I, because I know how it feels to like yeah. want to believe yeah. someone. Yeah. Because you just want whatever they're saying to you to yeah. be true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that need to like make everything okay and hopes that things will work out right. and you ignore all the red flags. Yes. And her being that type of person, not only did it get her killed, but her right. kids her too. Her kids too, yeah. Because sometimes you just cross paths with the wrong person. Yeah. Who will completely take advantage of you. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's all. That's it. That's the oh, end of the story. My gosh. I know. 
I want to see that picture. Yeah. Well, you can look it up. It is. It does look like a little stone figure. Yeah. And they've released it like a couple times. They released it when they first found it and yeah. they released it like on the 30th anniversary of the murder. Yeah. And it just never leads to anything. What on earth? I know. That's insane. I know. And so sad. That's a tangled web of. And then the idea that there's someone out there who does know is just like, oh my God. Yeah. You're just hoping for like a deathbed confession exactly. or something. Exactly. Or someone out, has just like to find out where they are or like told. Or good Lord, post it anonymously, anonymously online yeah. or send a anonymous note somewhere. Like, yeah. Just tell or somebody where like, they are. Man, that's weird. My grandmother with Alzheimer's was talking about this. And or I did somebody else has a copy yeah. of that picture. Yeah. Which would be like. Yes. Yeah. It was developed in 1986. Okay. Which is five years after. Yeah. Died. Six. Seven. <laughs> Math. Yeah. Seven. Number seven years after yeah. that. Yeah. Dang. So there you that's go. That's insane. There's your story. Oh, today. my God. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much, guys. You guys. Oh, this episode is coming out on July 30th. 30th. <laughs> and <laughs> if you're a member of the Patreon at the Body of a Goddess level, you might remember that you get a discount code for our podcast store. And that's going to change every oh, yeah. month. So just remember that whatever podcast discount code you have on July 30th, will end and, and there will be a new code yep on august 1st and it'll be posted in the patreon so you can find it there yeah, yeah, yeah. you can always message us message yep. us if you have issues find our facebook group uh-huh it's the best find us on youtube find yep. us in all the places yeah all on our link tree on instagram which is magic murder mystery on instagram yep okay all right thanks guys goodbye goodbye <laughs>